Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. No, frugal does not mean broke. What frugal mean? Oh, he's just on stand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't think of no more. That's 13. We can't end on 13. That's what that is. I don't know. Friday, 13, I go. <laughs> that too. Okay, so let's go back. Guy with the baby mama drama, one. What about the nigga? Oh, the nigga ain't got no car. <laughs> <laughs> Pickaboo dick. He dope in the dope dick, nigga. <laughs> oh, Pickaboo dick, dope dick. Ooh, I'm mad. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my uh, baby, baby mama, mama drama. drama. We already said that, but mama's boy. Oh yeah, the mama's boy. Uh, the insecure nigga. Uh, uh-huh, that's the John. Book of John. The book of John. Oh, the nigga that's uh, confused by his sexuality. Mm-hmm. The jail nigga. The jail bait. Jail bait. What was after the jail bait? I don't know, but the ultimate hustler nigga. That's never going to be a boss. Yeah, the ultimate hustler. <laughs> that nigga won't flip money forever. The, fa- the, the petty hustler. <laughs> the, the petty star. Right. Man. <laughs> Bro, man. Always stacking <laughs> pennies, nigga. Sack some dollars. Selling hundreds, nigga. You 50. You 50 years old. You right. Still, still hustling. Talking about this the way to go. This the move. <laughs> This gonna change your life. Nigga, when your life gonna change? You still got... The fuck? You still got bootleg DVD. Right. DVD, CD. Bootleg DVD. Two for five. Why are you still selling DVDs? Ooh, the weed man. The weed nigga. The weed nigga. The weed nigga. What about the Christian nigga? Or the, the spiritual nigga? The virgin nigga. Oh, and now one too, the virgin nigga. These are a lot of niggas. I know, right? You about to tell people how they lie people. That's a big-ass book. How are you going to tell them how to date <laughs> these niggas? Okay, because there's a way to date these niggas. How? That's why we name them what kind of niggas they are, because you can't date them all the same. You got to approach them differently. So throw me out a, throw me out one. Let yeah. me see if I can break it down. For the rest of your days. Timone. It's a problem free. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> it's some different type of 
art that's on the wall up there. But I don't understand what she's supposed to be doing. Playing in it. Is that what she doing? Mm-hmm. With a little squat. I bet you it's something in front of her hand. It's like she's in bondage. It's probably some BDSM. What that mean? You know what? That was on the episode of Grownish, right? <laughs> yeah, so I kept saying, like, what is it? What are they talking about? I ain't even Google it. So what that mean? Google it. Okay, I don't want to. Google it. We'll save that for another episode. For another episode. Yes, because we can't go there to hopes and dreams. Okay. <clears throat> right, okay, Google. cool. So, unfortunately, we're going to get unfunny for a second. And we're going to talk about hopes and dreams, yours in particular. Describe hmm. to me young Mika's hopes and dreams versus the current Mika's hopes and dreams. <sighs> I guess um, my hopes and dreams, like as a, as like a, like a young child. Mm-hmm. In the previous episode, or one of the previous episodes, um, we had touched on, or you touched on, how Mama had, look, and now I call her Mama right. now, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how Mama um, had bought things that in your childhood that contributed to your future now. So even though you might not have been thinking that that's what you wanted to do back then, what were young Mika's hopes and dreams versus today's Mika's hopes and dreams? Sometimes I feel like I'm in like a twilight zone because a lot of my, a lot of my, my dreams was being away. I didn't, sometimes I didn't necessarily know where, where that was. I just knew that I didn't want to be where I currently was. It was, I don't know, like normalcy and and just it home just never seemed like enough. Like knowing having what I had just never seemed like I I didn't like some of my circumstances. I ain't like, you know, what I was offered. Before we touch on those circumstances, let's take it a step further then. Would you say that hopes and dreams are the same thing? People generally group them together. Should they be separated? What are hopes? to you and what are dreams oh wow I ain't never even processed that I know I'm good it's all good <laughs> like when it comes to I don't even in I guess it would mean that hopes and dreams is something different for me because when, even when I hear my children say well I hope I can do it I I, I, I intentionally make them change that and say now nah, you're going to do that like because hope it just seems like it's half assing it like it's Leaving it up to chance. I don't know. And so for me, for me, when it comes to dreams, merely because some of mine's really have come true, I feel like dreams, you know, is it actually can be a reality. Anybody can can live out a dream. So yes, it's it's two different things. Like yeah, two different things. <laughs> so what would you say current Mika's big Mika instead of little Mika? Like Big Luther and Little Luther. What would you say? Right. <laughs> Big Mika's hopes and dreams are now. Because Little Mika just mm. hoped to be somewhere else. Not necessarily dreaming about anything. What's Big Mika thinking about? Oh, I mean, when it comes to... When it comes to now, I'm very intentional with, with, the, with the things that I want. 
So wanting something and then saying, I, I want to have that, I don't think that that's dreaming or hoping for anything. That's just saying that that's something that I want. I don't know if that if that makes sense. I don't I don't do any more dreaming. Like I don't even think that that really exists. Like like what is that? Who I'm gonna dream about? Me doing something? Like what is that? Like I I maybe perhaps it's like a vision. Okay. And then from that vision, like you're this you're supposed to manifest it. I guess like. But people take a dream, it's like it's just like a fairy tale, like this fairyland, something that's unobtainable. So maybe that word is a little bit tainted. I don't dream, hope. I don't know. I just say I'm going to do it. Like, Okay, so then that takes me to my next question in this wonderful conversation. Okay. When was the transition for that very thought between Lil Mika and Big Mika? When did you grow into that person? What happened? What made you say, I don't even believe in hopes and dreams. I'm about to just do it myself. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Um, I didn't know that I was actually saying that when I was doing it, but it was, I was 21, 20, 20 by 20, 21. Mm-hmm. And I had started AAMBC, which stands for African Americans on the Move Book Club. It ended up becoming like this online phenom for black books and writers and all that. And so that's a whole other discussion. Where can they find that? Um, really? Uh, AAMBC.org. That's Good job. You Shameless plug. Carry on. But um, <laughs> when it came to um, promoting on that, I discovered a lot of writers. And I myself was a writer. And up until that point, I was a dreamer. Like our dreams like stayed in my head too. I just thought that... Like, I, I thought that that was something that you just thought about, you know, and it was, you know, that's just something I just hope and dream about. So when I discovered that a lot of the writers who I never knew even existed self-published, I went and, just, and, and did the research. I didn't understand what that was because they was basically telling me that they did it themselves. And my response was, wait, we, we could do that? Like, you mean to tell me... I don't have to wait for one to, for somebody to tell me that my book is good enough to be published. Um, I can do it myself. Um, that was kind of surreal for me. Like I didn't. It was. I felt like I was bamboozled. <laughs> like real talk. Like the hell. I really had this full length written novel, and already written and completed, and it's just been sitting there for like a year, like just collecting dust and shit. And I'm just sitting here hoping that one day I'm gonna get the chance to. Like the the fact that I had to discover it like that and just stumble across it. Looking back, it was it. I'm I'm a little bit annoyed at that. I'm a little bit disappointed because why wasn't I told that? Physically being told that I was, you know, that I could just do that. I didn't know those seeds were being planted that we discussed it. No. Okay, but you know, um. So yeah, just in discovering that moment, I just knew that. Okay, they did it. I'm going to do it, too. Like, I didn't even, there was no question. Like, they did it. Like, why can't I do it, too? So I just did it. And then what? Well, the book came out, and it didn't really do good like that. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the buzzer? (laughs) Okay, so. You think I probably would have. Hit the top bestseller list to make this story sound good. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm giving, like, being like, oh, like, I had a a happy ending. Or, like, 
I suddenly became famous and I ain't even really famous. Like, I was just excited that the book was out. So I'm like, ooh, I'm, you know, I'm about to go tell people that this book out. So okay. I booked me a, a, a flight. I never flew before. Okay. But I was determined because I'm like, other people is doing this. So I'm going to do it too. Like, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it too. So, like, that's just how I felt. Like, dang, they doing it too. Cool, bet. She was drinking the Kool-Aid, y'all. Right. So, I'm buying my ticket in North Carolina and stuff like that. So, like, I'm booking my uh, my hotel. Like, I got the copy of the, of the book. And the book cover was ugly, by the way. But I remember. It, it was, like, very Afrocentric. It and was yellow just, and brown. It was wack. Do you know you have always loved, like, Afrocentric colors? And no disrespect I know. to the Afrocentric colors. But you but came out with brown and yellow. Yeah. Yes, like, coming to America colors. Yeah. What? Nobody really? buying that. Okay, I'm sorry. America. I'm sorry. Shout out to It really to did. Like, maybe that's why it didn't do good, but that... I, it eventually I, did good in my store. It did, but... <laughs> I, I spent like $900 at first trip. The very first time that I got on a flight. <laughs> I spent like $900. Like my flight was high. Like I, I imagine I'm flying from Texas to North Carolina. That's a long ass flight. But I'm excited. I went to North she Carolina. Googled, I sold. She y'all. She ain't Google discount travel. <laughs> uh-uh. My, no, back then flights was high as shit. They was like, I spent like, I can go and prove it. I got the evidence. It was like 400 something dollars. For it, a flight. It was just $900. Can you make your mind up? No, I said, well, hotels and stuff. Look, look now. Don't be trying to say that I'm lying. I know my story and stuff. Dang. So, <laughs> so, back to my story. Dang. Okay. So, I'm in North Carolina, and I ended up selling, literally sold three books. <laughs> and I left two on consignment. <laughs> At one of the independently owned bookstores. <laughs> they never even paid me for my books, by the way. First of all, some people that are going to, going to listen to this may not know what consignment is. Oh. You know I hate the fact that people are Man, in that's pretty much giving you giving people your stuff and saying, hey, can you hit me up when you sell my stuff and give me my money, please? Like, that's the dumbest exchange of all time. Who came up with that shit? That is like robbery. Like, nah, man, because black-owned bookstores, look now, hey, I, I'm, I love my black-owned bookstores. A lot of, I mean, they were great and all that, but you used to have to call them sometimes and say, hey, remember me? I left a lot of books there. And apparently my friends, such as I had my friends show up and say that my books ain't on y'all shelf no more, so where my check? Like, come on, man. Like, if I got to do that, bruh. Okay, now let me give you the perspective for both sides. Come on, my black-owned businesses, come on now. Because I was the black-owned bookstore, right. and then I became the publisher calling the other bookstores. Like, excuse me, right. can't get my check. Come on, y'all, we got to do better as a people. No, man, but the, the solution to that, and we're only going to touch on this for a second, the solution to that was for the black authors to do exactly what you did, get up off their ass and go move and sell their own books. Right. And I did that, and I kept doing that. I literally stay on the flight every month for like a year, just getting on the flight, find another place to go talk about my book, to say, hey, I got this. I was so annoying. <laughs> like, I annoyed the whole fucking industry. Like, people hated me. Like, they did not like me at all, and I did I not remember. know why. I know why, y'all, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but, 
Okay, so like one day I wasn't there. And this is the same thing with ABC. One day ABC wasn't there. And then the next day it was. And people were like, well, who is this person? I didn't even know I was stepping on people's toes. I was just talking about books. I just thought that the shit was fun. Like, I like reading. I want to read, too. Can I talk about the books, too? Dang. Can we share? I want y'all to win, too. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. The words we talking about, though, because I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, back to hopes and dreams. When did Lil Mika try oh, yeah, that question. giving me the story? You telling your your audience the story of when Lil Mika believed in hopes and dreams and then transitioned into Big Mika who believed in it, action oh, and implementation. It was that very oh, and the long story short, so we ain't gotta go backtrack on that. Long story short, <laughs> it was a moment that a regular person like me said that they wanted to write a book too, and they had one and they did it. I felt like I was I was pissed. Like, I'm just now finding out I could have been did this. And I feel like, you know, I feel like that with anybody. Like, if there was something that you want to do, okay, go do it. <laughs> That's just, like, my answer to that. But, all right. With AAMBC, where was that? What you mean? What was happening while you were touring with um, your first novel, and like even then, I created uh, Arthur Tour Group. Uh, Tour Group. Tour Group. Where's the bell? <laughs> Bing! Bing! <laughs> I created an Arthur Tour Group called Arthur's with a Passion, um, and it was a, a an Arthur Collective. I was always trying to create ways to bring people together. Like I'm young, like 21, 22, and the people I'm trying to bring together is like twice my age. So I'm like, hey, let's let's tour together, and like this is back in like 2009. Let's tour together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the more of us together t- as one, the more people we can bring together. When I tell you these mo- these people, um, <laughs> yes, hallelujah. Thanks, these Lord. people, people. <laughs> <laughs> people. These people. Um, it, was, it was hard. And, and I, I began, I got my first taste of what it felt like, um for people to not be on the same accord, like to be against you and not to be as a collective, like one. Like nobody wants anybody to shine more than the other. Nobody's going to put in more work than the other because I'm not going to work more than you. You, you, because you don't get no free work off me. Like everybody be thinking, like, don't get ahead of me. Like, I ain't going to tell you this. I ain't going to tell you that. I got tired of energy very early on and I even left my own that's the first time I left something that I created. I'm always trying to create something to bring people together. And at that very young age, with only one book at that time, I was yet creating something in addition to double A and B C to bring something together that I had to walk away from. I just realized that. That's great. But you did it again. And I kept doing it. You did another group. What was the next group called? Literary Sisters. Okay. And what um, was that experience like? Trying to bring people together. It was. To unify a message, travel together, make sales together. It was a collective this time of four women. Um, I'm not going to mention their names. Um, but it was good energy. It was it was pretty good for what it was. Um, it kind of served, <laughs> served its purpose. Like, it was kind of like me testing the waters. But, again, it, when it came to putting in 100% to make sure that people came. It was more so because it was my idea, because it was my baby, that no one really 
put in that effort to make sure that people also showed up. It was also up to me to make sure that people came. So that became tiresome. So I lost my way in that with trying to collectively bring people together so that all of us can be seen at the same time. And I'm like, well, let me just put my my energy towards myself now. And I walked away from that one too. And all the while, AANBC, something that serviced other writers, was still going on. Still going on. Which brings me to something else that you mentioned um, maybe about a few seconds, a few minutes ago. It sounds like your purpose is service. Your I purpose, don't know why. I don't even like people. We both struggle with that, man. <laughs> but your purpose seems to be something that you go through nearly the same experience with different sets of people every time. Yet that's your passion. That's where your heart is. Bringing people together collectively so that they or we or whatever the case may be can all win. So should, in retrospect, when asking the question about when did it change or what was the transformation from Lil Mika to Big Mika, it sounds like Lil Mika had hopes and dreams and Big Mika has work and a purpose. Oh, you are good. I try sometimes, man. Damn, you good. Man, you good. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that was good. So maybe instead of as adults, it seems like we all struggle with the thought or the ideology of hopes and dreams of what we should be doing. That's kitty life. Right. That's where it was developed. That's right. where we played pretend we dressed up or whatever, you know, childhood afforded us or our imagination afforded us to do at that time. As an adult, it's almost like life takes away from your creativity. But right. that's what you like to do. Right. That's your work. Right. Your work is being able to be creative. It makes you happy. Right. But that takes away from your purpose. Your purpose has taken more of your time, which has caused <sighs> your work which is the brand of Tamika Newhouse, to be on the back burner. I know, man. And it's always been that way. It's been a struggle the whole fucking time. Welcome to adulthood. I don't want to do no How has that quit. made you feel? How has that made you feel spending the past five, seven years, maybe more, devoting more of your time to servicing others? Versus servicing yourself. It's frustrating. It's, it's. Why is it frustrating? People don't know. All they know is they call, they send an email. When they see me, they say, yeah, because it takes me a month to respond to my text messages. And like, honestly, when people say it's a month, it's like, that ain't really is a month. But sometimes y'all, it's yeah. really sometimes. When we look, it's a month. Because sometimes I pull away from the world being, creating that that platform. Like, I literally created a platform that has afforded me so many opportunities. And I hate it and love it at the same time. It's like, I want to leave it, but then I know I can't, it it serves a purpose. Like, a service, a a purpose that I I yet have discovered. But... (laughs) I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. But, I mean, it's frustrating because it's people look at it. They look at my work or they look at me and they see opportunity. They see um, a situation that can benefit them 
um, they see something they can gain from it or gain from me. Like, um, as I've gotten older, I, I understand when people say that the the road or the journey to success is lonely because people just want want stuff. Either they want an opportunity, they want some money, they want your resources, they want your time, or they just want your energy to make them feel good. Like, people just want something, and they just take and take and take and take, and it gets tiresome. Like, I think... At some point, like at 32, I lost my way. Like, I lost my way in trying to create, to make sure that the this existed for creators, that this was in existence for authors, but it's, no one gives to it. Like, it's, it's always just me. What are some of the things, <clears throat> some of the either text messages email responses, Facebook inboxes, Instagram DMs that you've received from authors before participating or before coming to the show? What are some of the prerequisites that they have given, which is almost disrespect because you're throwing something to celebrate them? Like, it's crazy, though, and I don't never talk about it. I never talk about the things that people do or the things that people have texted me or emailed me to make me feel like shit. Like, I remember this one year because uh, we didn't announce a category during the WNBC Awards. Um, that particular Arthur, well, two of them, was pissed. I didn't announce that category. Neither one of them was the winner of that category. <laughs> like, let's let's keep that womp, real. Womp, womp, womp. But one of them... <laughs> Ran up on, on the stage. Not ran up. Yeah, he ran Not up ran on the up stage. Since though. Yeah, he did, man. Like, I feel like I was about to have a Malcolm <laughs> X moment. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Literally ran up and he was aggressive with in his tone. Like, you ain't called my category. Like, and I'm like, huh? And people like y'all in the back, y'all in the backstage, like saying, Mika, Mika, come here so I can take pictures and stuff. And I'm like, huh? What? What, huh? So I I decided not to answer him. Cause what was I going to say? Well, you didn't win. Like, <laughs> what you want me to say? You want me to, you want me to go ahead and announce and say, okay, and now you didn't win. Now go back to your seat. <laughs> like, what, what are we supposed to do in this moment? So I decided not to respond. So I turned around and go back and go do, you know, what the other stuff I'm supposed to be doing. But later on that night, another Arthur who was in that same category, he's a veteran. Very disappointed in him to this day. Even saw him recently. N- didn't even speak. But I said, hey. <laughs> Anywho, he texts me. I, would, I wonder if I still got that screenshot. He told me I should be ashamed of, ashamed of myself because I did not announce his category. Another one. Another one. He's a veteran. He's from Texas. He's a, a male writer. I'll just say that. Can we get a genre? Can um, we at least get a genre? I mean, it's just like mainstream fiction, women fiction. He's older. How many books does he have out? Maybe like 12 or so, 12 or 14 or so. Were any of them ever sold at TOJ Bookstore? <laughs> no, nah, like, his pe- like your type of people didn't read his books. My type of people? I mean, they like, they like the hood books. 
Let's keep it 100. Like, that's why, like, honestly, look, remember when 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 I came to your store? Look, I came to your store in my roller bag. Remember this day with that ugly-ass book cover? Are you talking about the first day? Yes. Literary Sisters Tour? No, that's the first time that's I came? That's the first time. Uh-uh, the first time I came. You came with Marcus. Yeah, it was another okay, time. Okay, go ahead. You're right. Do we have to say his name? Okay, okay. you came with... We're going to bleep that out in <laughs> Bleep. <laughs> But, um, dang, what was we talking about? You said something about you rolled up with your roller bag. You trying to say my type of people at my book store. Oh, so when I realized what type of books were were, were popular out there, I wasn't going to change how I wrote, mm-hmm. but I knew I had to change how I presented the book. So I switched up the cover and stuff. Because I remember you even telling me that my cover and stuff was ugly. It was. So I said, okay, I'm going to change it. Shut up. So I'm I changed saying. the cover and... And you like I'm, I'm remind you I'm still living in Texas I'm living in San right. Antonio at this time. Oh, it was so, so hard to change your mind. I'm very country. <laughs> shut up. Very country, and I'm I'm very introverted. But I knew that if my book had to sell, I would just like to say that she just lied, guys. With shut this up. I'm very bullshit. I'm very I'm very quiet and angelic and stuff. Oh, Jesus. I don't go out. I don't do no wrong and none of that stuff. But um, you know, you make me miss my train of thought. I'm sorry. Okay, so what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you changed your cover to fit the demographics of the people that shopped at my store. And so I knew that once I did that, once I got there, when I, I knew that I had to actually go and physically move the books. So I had to present myself a certain type of way. Like, I had to get up from behind the table. You know, I had to, you know, be personable. You know, like, compliment people. Tell them a little bit about the book. To move the books. And I really did that. Like I it's like that, it was a different type of vibe and and energy that they wanted. His books was gonna work for that area. Oh yeah, we were talking about Mister Anonymous. Yeah, that's how we got okay, on. Okay, so that. tell your audience some more um, funnies of people that have felt some type of way. Because I mean, they it's... either were not nominated, did not win, did not receive some type of complimentary travel, and they were only a nominee and did not win. Um, maybe pay for sponsorship right at the event, but didn't get any marketing because that's planned months in advance. I mean, I could go down the list of different. I've memories. had people breach <laughs> contracts. I've had people steal my money. I've had people act the bum ass fool at the awards. I've had uh, people message me just un- just ungratefulness. I've had people bombard me with entitlement. And I'm like, I'm looking at them like, nigga, you do know I don't have to do this. I don't have to do none of this shit. Okay. But I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> but I just want to say, I, let me just say this, though. When it comes to, and I, this is why I struggle with trying to maintain that service part of me. Because black folks, and, and I'm a living witness to this, when it comes to trying to help y'all come together, and I've tried in so many different ways and dynamics, y'all are, we can be ungrateful. We cannot be supportive. Like, we don't even share links. Like, we don't even tell a friend to to come and support and do this. Like, we don't even provide good service. It's like, how much longer? Because the dreamer, the one, the the, the younger part of Mika still has things that she wants to do. And at this point, I feel like I should be a little bit selfish and do what Mika want to do. Shall I say that? I don't think anything is wrong with that. Not at all. What, what's, what's the burden 
of your purpose? I guess the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make is your personal brand or the writing for your personal brand. And the writing. Incorrect. Sometimes my own income, like I, I'll throw my, my own income into ABC and some of the events and getting Arthur's there, paying for marketing and trying to be innovative with ideas. And, you know, the, the, Every year it it continues to grow and grow. Maybe I'm hard on myself and maybe because I'm I always aim and want so much. Like it's it's successful. Like it it does pretty good, but I'm never satisfied with where it currently stands. So it's, it's I feel like I lose time. You know, I lose time in what I want to do. But hey. But Hopes and dreams. Because I don't want I don't want it to seem like servicing us is a bad thing. It's just you have to be built for these types of things. You have to understand the type of energies and people that you're going to be dealing with. You got to understand that this is not about you. There's a bigger picture. And the bigger picture is like, um, you know, if it's if it's supposed to enhance and and get people motivated and get people doing things that makes them happy, then why not? Like, for me, sometimes that is the exchange. Like, just like I, has, I have received the bad, I've received the good as well. Like, I still get a lot of just random thank yous and acknowledgments, and people will recant these stories or these conversations that I've had with them. Or I remember recently one lady around Christmas, oh, yeah, like, just recently um, in December, she messaged um, thanking me for sending her just $40 last year when she didn't have anything. It was like close to Christmas or something like that. And I was like, I did that. So I went to go, I went to go Google her name in my emails to see if she wasn't lying, like to see if she was telling too. Cause I'm like, I was just sending some random person some money like around <laughs> Christmas. Like, why would I do that? And when I went and looked, I did. I'm like, dang, I did. Okay. I don't, like half the time I don't remember when I'm doing a good deed. Like I'm not doing a good deed to For take acknowledgement, count. right? But you know, so when I do get those, I'm like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I just keep keep moving. Like, what well, you know, what else I'm supposed to say? Do you see yourself as someone who inspires other people's hopes and dreams? <sighs> no, I'm gonna be very honest. And I and maybe when I say it, I'm in denial, but I don't want to be because I am very human. I'm in a way where I, I may say a lot of things that the majority don't agree with. I live a life that's not the norm. I have different expression when it comes to parenting, when it comes to loving, when it comes to family. Like I'm just a different individual. So I don't. I don't, I don't want to be nobody's inspiration. I don't want nobody to be like me. I don't want nobody to to use me as the source to keep moving forward because it does sometimes put a lot of pressure on me. Like, it's not, that's not a good feeling. Have you been told by anyone that you inspire them? Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um... To be honest, like it's it's a grateful feeling. I can say that it's a good feeling, but 
when people ask you that question, what's she supposed to say? It make me feel good. My head blew up. Like, I, now I think I'm Beyonce. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, really, what am I supposed to say when people just give you these these great words and tell you all these great things about you? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? I just say thank you. I don't find anything wrong with that. And then I give them a hug, you know, and I, and I encourage them, you know, and stuff like that. You know, sometimes I even give them some quick advice because I can't help it. That brings me to my last question. How do you separate or balance the difference between purpose and business? Because in business, business comes first. Profit comes first with your purpose. Purpose is always nonprofit. It's for the passion. It's for the people. Most people go broke in business for purpose. People that are in business for business get out of the red and then become profitable because it's not about the people. It's about the bottom line, which where do you fall on that line and how do you balance it? Hmm. Well, for the longest I've, I, 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 I stayed with keeping going with the, with the goal and, and the purpose and by any means necessary. But now, you know, as I get older, I have to be realistic with not only my time, my energy, but my finances. And when you are wanting to live freely and make sure that your day is designed by your means, like you live in a life that you want to, you got to be smart about it. Like you have to rationalize and make these realistic choices for the long haul. So with that being said, I am one of those triers. Like, I will try it and try it and try it, and I will give my all and make sure that I stay above water. And then I'll, I'll move forward. But with that being said, I, I can't tell you where I'm at with that. Because then people are like, well, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? I said, I don't know yet. I don't know. We're going to see. I don't know. That's realistic. Okay. Leave your audience with a message about hopes and dreams versus work and purpose. Lil Mika and Big Mika. What would Lil Mika say to them about hopes and dreams? And what would Big Mika say to them about work and purpose? What I would tell Lil Mika is, you're not crazy. Like, I used to be frustrated or sad at not being comfortable with where I was at. Not, like, not fully accepting my 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 circumstances, even when I became a young mother. Like, life's tragedy still didn't... I was never happy. Like I, I, I did not want my life to continue to roll out a certain way. And so I would tell little Mika that the way that you feel, like you're not crazy. Like how you feel and the things that you want, you can do those things. The things that you want to do, you can plan to do them. Like, and I did it. Every single thing that I've wanted, I, I've planned. I put in the work. I've done it. I I literally live. Um, I live out the things that I, I visualize. So it's all about choosing your happiness. Like people will say these things all day, every day about what they want and what they wish they can have. But if you are unhappy, you literally can make the 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 choice and to to change that. Like it literally is a choice and. 
and logically beginning to put those steps into play where on how can you get too happy? Like, how can you make your the life that you want be the life that you actually have? It's either that or continue to be in that unhappy space. And I was one of those ones that I didn't I didn't like it. I don't like that feeling. And any time that I have that feeling, I'm able to move around. I can hop on a flight and, and change the city that I'm in at a drop of a dime if I want to. Like, I think that at the end of the day, whatever your happiness is, that's what it should be. And that's a wrap. 